I am. Yeah, happy Father, we just uh, thank you so much for this time where we can uh, hopefully open and honestly just talk about suffering. Uh, Lord, even though it's um, really difficult, uh, Lord, we thank you that Jesus um, suffered um, so much for us. Lord, I just pray that we would look to Jesus for, for help and know that he's experienced it all. Lord, be with David as he speaks now. We pray, uh, Lord, I pray that we would um, yeah, hear your voice and we would hear and learn more about what suffering is um, yeah, and how we can uh, get through it together and with your help. In your son's precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Nath. Uh, as we begin, uh, nice, easy question. Let's get us started. Whenever something bad happens in your life, so say you lost your voice the night before a performance, whenever someone you love dies, whenever you're bullied at school, what is the three-letter word you ask either in your brain or out loud? What do you ask? It's a three-letter word that you ask when something goes wrong. It begins with W. Why? Why? Everyone said together. Why? Why? Very good. So, why has this happened? If you're a Christian, you ask, why has God let this happen? Uh, as we think about uh, suffering, here's a few caveats just to start us off. Uh, every question you have is not going to be answered tonight. Um, next caveat, uh, there's people in this room right now who are suffering in real deep intense ways. Uh, nothing what I say is to demean that or devalue it. Uh, I don't mean to put a plaster on a wound. Uh, but what the Bible tells us is true, but it's not easy to understand. Uh, what the Bible says is also true, but it doesn't make suffering easy. Actually, lots of these things are quite easy in principle. Like they can roll off the tongue, but actually whenever life gets hard, it's much harder to uh, live out that belief that you have in your brain. So uh, we're going to look at um, six things. I think they're a bit of a framework building blocks of uh, how we understand suffering from a Christian perspective. So this will inform how we suffer, how we might encourage others who suffer and how we might explain suffering to someone else. Seth hopefully said it, it's uh, pain, a prolonged period of uh, grief or pain, something difficult that's happening in your life. So here's your first building block of suffering, the bottom one, these are the six. Uh, suffering entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned. So the question of why is this happening, in some ways it's quite straightforward answer. Uh, why is there suffering? because there's sin in our world. Uh, grab your Bible or your phone, go and grab it. Uh, turn to Romans chapter five, verse 12. We're gonna jump around a bit, uh, but I think it's helpful for you to find these verses yourself. So Romans chapter five, verse 12. Um, could someone read it out to us, please? Nice and loud, Romans five, verse 12. Don't be shy. It's also on the screen. Romans 5, verse 12. Nice and loud. Therefore, just as sin entered the world uh, through one man, and death through sin, and in this way came to all people, because all sinned. Great. So Paul's explaining to the church in Rome, when human beings, when Adam and Eve first rebelled, death entered into the world, and the curse of sin has spread into every area of creation. 
Paul says in Romans 8 22 for example he says that the whole of creation is groaning so it's not just that we suffer but creation itself in a way is suffering uh, because of us so there's spiritual suffering people are alienated from God there's physical suffering there's disease and death there's mental suffering mental illnesses there's relational suffering so there's breakdown in relationships and there's suffering in nature all of creation groans as uh, we decay because of sin um, so here's a picture for you of that concept that we see in Romans 5 verse 12 um, on your car windscreen a wee stone flicks up and hits it there's a crack but that crack spreads across the windshield so the impact's there but it spreads across the whole windshield so sin entered the world and it spreads into all areas of our lives so whenever you suffer you remember that god didn't make a world suffering was not the original plan god didn't make a world where there'd be suffering originally we experience pain because of sin now need to be careful and clear here so if you are in this room right now and you are suffering so you're being bullied at school someone's passed away struggling with your mental health do not mishear me don't think okay i'm suffering right now which means i have done something wrong and god is punishing me so uh in john chapter 9 maybe uh <coughs> mark that down on your pieces of paper in john chapter 9 uh, jesus disciples encounter someone who's blind he's been born blind and he's suffering and they ask jesus did this man sin is that why he's blind or did his parents sin was it a punishment from god to the man or to the parents because of their sin and jesus responds saying neither this man nor his parents have sinned so <laughs> this is one of the things all suffering is because of sin but it's not always because of your sin think back to the windscreen sins enter the world which means all suffering is because of sin but you shouldn't immediately think i'm suffering therefore i've sinned now there's obviously exceptions there um if you've murdered someone and you're suffering in prison you have sinned and therefore you're suffering so there's caveats of course so but this can happen sometimes something bad can happen in our lives and someone can say to you well you're suffering because you've sinned you've done something wrong obviously people do misuse the bible so if someone says that to you uh, think really carefully is it someone that you know someone that you trust someone that you love if someone says that to you on a if someone says that on a tiktok video for example if you don't know that person that statement carries little to no weight check it with a parent check it with a youth leader check it with someone at church because they're misusing the scriptures <laughs> so if someone just as a blanket rule if you know someone who is sad and suffering right now uh, do not say to them you're suffering because you've sinned that's not a good thing to do so first thing we've said is that uh suffering entered the world with sin the second bit is your suffering is not out of god's control so whenever something bad or sad happens to us one of the reasons we find it really hard is because it's out of our control we feel powerless helpless useless but there are things in our lives that are happening that we can't stop that might be other people it might be disease it might be our own brains or weather all those things are controlling our situation causing us to suffer question is god in control of these things 
the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms, yes, he is in control of those things that are causing your suffering. So go on your tables. How do you feel whenever I say that? That God is in control of those things that are causing you pain or other people pain. How do you feel? Uh, let's do 45 seconds. Go. What, what words or things come into your brain? And I want you to be honest. I want you to shout them out whenever we get back together. How do we feel? So let's do a little bit more explaining. Uh, so the God of the Bible is much, much greater and bigger and wiser than anyone or anything we can possibly imagine. So whenever you look through the Bible, there's lots and lots of times where suffering is mentioned. So Job, the book of James, First Peter, which we looked at in the summer, talks about this idea that God is totally in control over suffering and also totally hates human suffering because he did not make a world of suffering. So a good example of this is Joseph in Genesis. Uh, what do we know about Joseph? Particular item of clothing that he had. He had a coat of many colours. No, don't be shy. Anyway, Joseph, his amazing coat, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. He spends a lot of time in jail and in misery. He's falsely accused of sleeping with his master's wife, but he eventually becomes Prime Minister of Egypt. So turn your Bibles at uh, Genesis 50, verse 15 to 21. Uh, Genesis 15, Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. So he's gone through lots of suffering in his life. He's been in jail a long time. His brothers have chucked him in a pit and sold him into slavery. He's gone through all sorts. And can someone read this? Verses 15 to 21, please. This is him speaking to his brothers at the end of his life. Go on, someone nice and loud. When Joseph's brothers saw that, their father, saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Great. Uh, look down at verse 20 in particular. It's on the screen. Uh, Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So Joseph says to his brothers, you wanted to do evil, you wanted me to suffer, but God overruled, that's quite a helpful word, God overruled and brought about good. Many people were saved because Joseph was prime minister. Uh, that, that might be true of you who are suffering right now. The devil, people, the world may mean it for evil, but God overrules suffering. He wills good for his people. Um, at the same time, though, this is where it's so uh, tricky. Just because God is in control over suffering, that doesn't mean he's the author of sin and suffering. <laughs> Your head should probably be hurting because this is tricky. So let me show you a wee picture, uh, potentially to help uh, grasp this idea that God is totally in control over suffering. But he's not the author of evil and suffering. And you can trust them. So here's a picture. This is a 
This is my friend's baby, baby Josh here. He's fresh out of the oven, maybe two months. Um, Amy and I bought him this rugby shirt because he's North Irish, obviously. Um, this is a size four rugby shirt. It's like it's for a four-year-old child. He does not fit this shirt at all, obviously. But the idea is that he will grow into it. Whenever we talk about this idea that God is totally in control over suffering, that he's a big God, that he's impressive, that he knows all things, is in control of all things, that is a big truth for you to grow into, rather than a small truth for you to grow out of. We say that God's totally in control. He's beyond our comprehension, and that's really good. Because we can grow into these things, not grow out of them. We don't want you to chuck aside the the shirt because it's too small for you once you get to university. We want you to grow into these big truths because whether you're 29 or 89, you'll always be growing into this idea that God is a big God and beyond our comprehension and in complete control. So big truth to grow into rather than a small truth, a small God together. <coughs> Here is... Uh, another way, I think this is really helpful actually, um, Acts 2 verse 23, this sort of sums up this idea that God is in control over suffering. So Acts 2 uh, verse 23, this is Peter talking to the Jewish nation. He says, this man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So he says, you wicked man, you caused Jesus suffering. And God was totally in control over that. <coughs> Jesus' suffering, God was totally in control of, and yet it was also an evil thing. That's massive, isn't it? Because all of history works towards the Lord Jesus coming to earth, suffering and dying. God was in control of everything that's a helpful little bit there here's our next building block we'll keep motoring through jesus suffered for us and um, hands up <laughs> hands up if you ever asked this question in your life before why do bad things happen to good people who's ever asked that question no yeah all of us uh, we think don't we we think if we're nice if we're kind if we give some money away if we help old men across the road surely we deserve uh, good things to happen to us but um, remember what we thought about this morning at church uh, the Lord Jesus only ever did what was good he always did the good never did the wrong 613 commandments done perfectly all the time uh, what happened to the Lord Jesus what happened to him like it's the most basic thing of the Christian faith what happened to him what did, what occurred in his life he died he suffered he died um, let me write in your notes, Isaiah 53, it talks about Jesus being a man of suffering. Someone who only ever did good suffered his entire life. He did good and he experienced suffering. Why? Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. So it links us back to the first point. Because of sin, there's suffering. But Jesus came to show us that you can live a truly good life and always suffer. But there's purpose in Jesus' suffering. He suffered because of the greatest suffering there is. 
eternal suffering without God. So Jesus suffered because of my sin, because of your sin, which I think is quite a helpful perspective. The Lord Jesus only ever did what was good. That's not true of me. I will never suffer as much as Jesus did. Nothing, even the worst thing that could possibly happen in your life, you will not suffer as much as the Lord Jesus did. I think that's really helpful because in the midst of pain, I can thank the Lord that I will never suffer like he did. Um, whenever my mum had cancer, the, one thing that I really wanted was someone who could understand, someone I could talk to, someone who had gone through the same thing. Um, I think this is where uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 is really helpful. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who, is, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Um, if you're suffering right now, um, Jesus isn't up there in heaven being like, oh, I wonder what that's like. He knows exactly what it's like. Which means whenever it comes to prayer, you actually pray to someone who knows what it's like to suffer, to experience pain. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to write down any potential questions or thoughts you have before we motor on to the next uh, three ones, which are much more brief. Any um, So the fourth sort of building block of suffering is we suffer because we follow the Lord Jesus. So uh, Mark 8, verse 34 to 35. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So this is one of the hard bits about being a follower of Jesus. He says that to follow him means to deny yourself good things. Which means as Christians there will be times when you will suffer because of him. So um, perhaps dieting is a good illustration of this. You deny yourself things in the present, good things in the present, for something better in the future. So in school you may deny yourself uh, doing things that everyone else is doing because you believe that Jesus is better. Jesus says that actually suffering is just normal life as a Christian. It's quite helpful because our culture tells us that suffering is to be avoided at all costs. And Jesus says, actually, this is, this is normal life for you as a Christian. So that is hard though, isn't it? That to be faithful to Jesus means you will be persecuted, suffer, thinking of the Beatitudes that we've looked at. That is hard. But here's the fifth one. We don't suffer alone. We don't suffer alone. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. It's on the screen. This is talking about the church. Um, Paul says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Uh, this is an encouraging thing following from the last point. So if you are finding life really tough right now, as a church we suffer together. You never suffer alone um <coughs> here's a picture i think that illustrates this these are penguins obviously um the penguins during uh, the harshest winters what they do is they huddle together to stay warm to survive and they uh it's really clever the lord knows what he's doing um they rotate out so like if you're on the outside you work your way in and everyone rotates out so that the, the most vulnerable the ones who have spent the most time out there then work their way into, into the middle. I think it's a helpful picture of the church. Whenever people are finding life tough, 
we don't uh, you know shun them and toss them out to the wilderness no we encircle around them you know we experience that and then it's the past year in particular but whenever people have lost loved ones uh, you see the church almost uh, close ranks encircle people with prayer with food with just being there for them uh, churches are a place where it's actually really hard to suffer alone but it should be really hard for people to suffer alone I think that's a helpful picture um, whenever you talk to people who aren't Christians they don't have that community whenever hard things happen they're alone they're out there on the fringes so last one just briefly um, suffering will cease this is just it will blow your brain if you think about this in any depth suffering will cease so Revelation 21 verse 3 to 5 uh, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be be with them and be their God he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away he who was seated on the throne said I'm making everything new then he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true and um, anyone who suffers at any point in their life might not know if it's going to end they might well whenever you suffer it often feels like it's never going to end but with the Lord Jesus we know that there is light at the end of the tunnel that he himself will wipe away tears from our eyes suffering often feels eternal but the Bible tells us that our comfort only our comfort will be eternal which is incredible hope but actually even in the darkest night of the soul there is hope one day you'll be in heaven there'll be no more pain there'll be no more mental illness there'll be no more decay death sadness all things we need new which is you just can't imagine it because suffering is so much our everyday experience isn't it step on a plug youch it's like that's not going to happen but then like also awful sad things they won't be true Jesus says these are trustworthy and true he'll fulfill it he will bring it about so there, there's your six ones